morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to episode 290 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everybody. From Mark Foster, hello everybody. Mark, missing his cue like a pro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... What we got this week then? What we got this week? We have got, as I put a blanket on, we have got reviews of of Oscar bothering, Pete film Twitter bothering, Green Book, Oscar not as bothering, but Richard E. Grant wants that Oscar. Can you ever forgive me? And. It's not going to get any Oscar nominations next year. <laughs> but my word, it should. Velvet Buzzsaw. Um, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, just, just the triple banger. Yeah, just a triple banger. Plus, I, I don't know about you guys, but I've got a lot of what we watched. <laughs> we've, we've got a little bit, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Cabin watches. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So, so, what's happened this week? Um, has anything, I mean, Bradley Cooper said he was kind of embarrassed that he didn't get a Best Director nomination and then, but then also said, but then I realised how fucking pathetic that seems, but people seem to only think he said the first thing. Yeah, it, 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 it's weird. It's it's almost like people don't read actual articles or interviews or anything. They just read the 140-character headline they get on Twitter and get outraged about that. Mm. I think someone else has, uh, has come across. There's another one come across. There's another one, yeah, where something like that's happened. That, that I'll be honest, if, if people want to get... If, if you guys want to get involved, that's fine, but I really don't. No, <laughs> let, let's just say that there are many facets to the Liam Neeson thing. And I think you can have some very strong viewpoints on it. And I I think there are a lot of takes on that, that are valid depending on your viewpoint. Yes. Um, I I, I do think they are. However, I do think that it's another, another step towards everyone just, just needs to calm yeah. And, and, yeah. Read I, article. and read a full article, yeah. Because yeah. oh, and while we're on this, a little bit. I'm not this isn't this is fueled a little bit by the Bradley Cooper thing, but it's it's a broader kind of thing. In the sense of for instance, we're gonna talk about two films that are in and around the Oscars, let's say. Um and so You've got, what, nine or ten films that are nominated for Best Picture, right? And then you've got about another four or five around those nine or ten films. I don't know, in general, not so much specifically here. Yeah. Around those films that usually could have been nominated, but maybe didn't or anything like that, right? Do you know what's mental? And this fucking blew my mind when I worked it out, right? It is mental, right? You can like all of those movies. You can like all of them. You can dislike all of them, right? But you can like all of them. It doesn't. You don't have to merely like one above all the rest, and the rest are shite. No, that's crazy. You've got got to pick your horn. No, no, no. No, and also as well, 
because something amazingly right you don't have to discount something if it doesn't win like a sag or something like that you don't have to go well that's finished now that's cancelled it's out of the fucking way but it shouldn't be there anymore because it didn't win that different films can win different awards I found that out the other day I was alone I was shook shook Uh, one thing that really gets me about the Liam Neeson thing, though, what? how how on fucking earth did he think that in the current climate he could say that? Because he doesn't have Twitter. But I mean, he even <laughs> says, "I can't believe I'm saying this to a reporter." Like it, it, he has got some awareness that what he's saying. He still went ahead and said it though. It, yeah, but I, I also think that the. the, the, the it's just little, like asking for trouble. It is asking for trouble. But I also think that I think he maybe thinks he's got enough cash in the bank to kind of to get away with people understanding what he was saying or what he thought he was saying was there. Mm. I think there's, there's an element of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it's very, very unfortunate that he had to insert the word black. Yes. Because if it was a friend of mine was raped by a guy and I basically tried to find him for a week and wanted to kill him. But I think the point that he was making was that he... Yeah. You don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. Because I, I think that the problem is with these things is people pour too much fucking oxygen on it. Mm. And then it goes, it gets inflamed. Yeah, I, right. I, I saw something from somebody the other day saying, oh, imagine if we put this much, as much energy into um, Brian Singer as we did in Liam Neeson. I thought, well, they have. There's been a lot about Brian Singer for the past few weeks. An awful lot. It's um, <laughs> just largely getting away with it, though. It, it, yeah, I mean that—that's a whole other conversation about homophobia, like in the like and the, the kind of like the unwillingness to confront sexual abuse against men. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that, and I, I agree with that. But people have been going for singer. Yeah, they have been. But to be fair, like he, you know, he seems to be. Not oblivious to it because I don't think he can be, but he just seems to be fucking just like ignoring it. Like he's on in- he's on Instagram, bloody spouting off about all the nominations that Boho Rapso's been getting without acknowledging anything else. He's successfully negotiated a ten million dollar deal for Red Sonia, which is fucking mental. Um, it, like, it, it, it's mental, yeah, but he's doing this all in the face of quite literally. It, it, it just, I think, but he's a having no real world repercussions. If it doesn't, you don't know why? Because Twitter is an echo chamber of people shouting things at other people, mm. and a lot but, of those people are agreeing with the other people shouting at them, but they're just not agreeing with it in the same it, way. So they just continue just fucking shouting at them, while the rest of the actual world just gets on with the shit. But yeah, you know, I mean, I agree with that. But it, it, with Singer, it's weird because it's like to some extent the industry is acknowledging it like fox are perfectly happy to say he was fired not because of any like sexual abuse for bohemian rhapsody but they are more than happy to go yeah he didn't really direct it you know bafta have taken his name off of the best british film nomination 
Um, and people were criticizing that as well. I got to say, there was a tweet. <laughs> there was a tweet that I saw from someone yesterday. Yeah. I think that they were like, "Oh, well, them removing the, his name from the nomination basically says that they're complicit in abuse." It's like, no, right? If they left his name on it, and assuming that it wins Best British Film, which it kind of seems like it's going to, if they've done something like this, like a few days before the Baftas, then people would be fucking screaming about Brian Singer getting a fucking Bafta. So. Yeah. Take it, take his name off. I'm sorry, no, you can't have it both ways. Mm. You know, that's, it, it, that's it, the problem. It, it, it's the, it, it, it is, it's. They're not, very... they're not, they're not complicit. They're taking his name off the fucking award. How is that being complicit? I actually, I just do not understand that. That logic doesn't make any sense to me. It, it, but it, it, we are living, sadly, in a little uh, age where everybody has to be outraged about something. Yeah, I it just... And it, 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 even, even if... It, it's not, it, it, it's everything. Or, um, Dan, there's a big vegan section for vegan area. Oh, why wasn't it there before? It's like, for fuck's sake... <laughs> I'm not picking on vegans now. I'm just using that as an example, and it it is. It has become that that thing. Everyone's so angry at everything. Yeah, it it, it very much does seem as if a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of vibe going on. Well, that's. I mean, my my approach to social media has has completely changed, completely in the last few years. Mm. In that. I don't really, I don't even really scroll it anymore. I used to, I, I used to participate and then I didn't participate, but I would still like maybe have a little read through of what people were saying and like link to articles and stuff like that. And and now I just don't, the only fucking thing I do is post pictures to Instagram. Yeah. And that's it. I never tweet. You just open yourself up too much for fucking abuse. I, 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 I do on occasion but a lot less than I used to yeah. but um, that's more that's more time thing no, I mean I never I, anything on Facebook ever ever I don't even I don't even Facebook link my Instagram pictures I mean I've I, I, I fucked off Facebook again that's gone um, and it's just like Twitter I barely ever engage since the people fucking screaming at me because I had the temerity to say that um Go, uh, the Great Wall wasn't whitewashing to someone who hadn't seen the Great Wall, but was that. saying that it was whitewashing. <laughs> yeah, and, and then so, like someone was talking about whitewashing. I was like, okay, what do you want to recommend me some reading about it? Then, then he got pissed off at me because I, he thought I was basically calling him out and saying, well you know go on then tell me like i'd like to learn more about this what can i read and then he thought i was being sarcastic and then got more angry at me and it was like oh fuck it yeah you know i mean that 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 i i don't know there's there are a good many people out there who want to have debates and wants to genuinely give insight and let people expand their knowledge but there's an awful lot of people who just want to shout about their opinion as loudly as possible and will shout against anyone who has an opinion against them as loudly as they possibly can as well. 
that's... and they're louder and there's more of them. Yeah, yeah, that, or at least it seems like there's more of them because they're the ones who are loud. And in the end of the day, on Twitter, all you got to do do to be loud is basically fucking say something and keep on saying it. It's when you stop saying it, even if you believe it, that then you just lose. You know, that's the thing. It's like I now am less inclined to have a debate on Twitter because I don't want the aggro of having some fucking randos shouting at me. <laughs> I, I just I just don't want to say something and then have to still be talking about it five hours later. Exactly, yeah. I don't know. Like, I've just got more shit to do. <laughs> uh, I don't get- know. I think I said we're not going to talk about it. So <laughs> yeah, I, it, it, it. I don't know. It just it, every week somebody's angry at something. It's just it's yeah, it's odd. But I mean, Liam Neeson. You know what? Maybe we're just not going to get Liam Neeson being as open in interviews in the future. Well done, everyone. Yeah, but it will literally will be. It it, it will get to the the point where where it's like like it is um, actors and musicians probably less so because it's a different type of medium. But you will get actors will get to the point of now where you've got footballers where interviews will just become the same sterile answer to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is what, this is what Rami Malek seems to be doing now as well. It's like, he's like everything that he comes out with seems so fucking prepared and, and, and stage managed. And it just, it doesn't feel sincere. And to be fair, he is getting some shit for that, but it's also being accepted you know, it, it, it's the way that he's kind of saying, like, oh, my experience with Singer was bad and I feel for everybody. And, hey, do you know what? I basically got him fired off of it because I couldn't put up with his shit. And he's almost um, equating that to the abuse that guys had. And he was like, I've been, I've been through the wars with Brian Singer as well. And it's like, yeah, but Brian Singer probably didn't make you allegedly try and blow him or... Yeah. fuck him or whatever you know it's i i i think what malik had to go through was probably a director who didn't turn up to set an awful lot and was shit at giving direction it's not quite the same thing, is it? It, it, yeah it's not quite the same thing but it's almost like <laughs> he's now going to get a best actor oscar because he put up with brian singer and it's and and to be fair also because people want to give bohemian rhapsody something and it, it, it for some reason, yeah, because people like Queen Greatest Hits Volume Two. It's anyway. Trailers, trailers. What we got? What we got? There have actually got? been some, hasn't there? Yeah. I'm not clue. fucking seeing Pet Cemetery. <laughs> are you? Are you? Is it? Is it, is it a no? I'm hard out. <laughs> Why? That. Uh, uh, bringing kid daughter back to life after tragic accident I don't need that well, <laughs> the book and the first one are about bringing son back yeah, to life and I haven't read the book and I haven't seen the first film have you not? nope and I'm not going to Becky I'm not going to <laughs> that's what more of you are on then. you guys can talk about that yourselves to your heart's content I'm not seeing it <laughs> you know, I'm well excited for it I like the fact that it seems to have it, it's not from the trailer, at least, it, um, and there's one very big glaring difference in that it's Ellie. Yeah. 
um, but instead of gauge. But yeah, I, I think it looks really good, and I like it when when people adapt books to film and change things for the benefit of the film rather than just slavishly sticking to the book. Sometimes, a lot of the time, to the detriment of the film. Yeah. You know, I mean, a giant fucking spider beast at the end of it. The TV miniseries one was to the detriment of the film. Mm. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad it looks like they changed stuff. Really, I, I'm up, I'm up for it. I can see why. Ian, if it's just not for you, it's just not for you. I think it it, it it looks like good horror that we're getting at the moment. Good studio horror, and we're getting a lot of good studio horror at the moment. So. That, just, that cat's a charismatic bastard as well, isn't he? I love a charismatic cat. Yeah. Not 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 um not at this stage of my life. Thank you very much. Nope. <laughs> um, shaft go on then uh, yeah I, 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 will, I, I like the fact that it, it, it seems like it's going to be a bit of a triple act like they've brought Richard Roundtree a little bit more into it uh, there. I'm, yeah, I'm up for it I'm, I'm up for kind of an action comedy version of Shaft I don't, I don't get the reference really why? the, the Richard Roundtree reference Shaft. well like in the original yeah, or something. yeah. And then wasn't there another one with Samuel L. Yeah, Jackson? yeah. Sequel to that. I've, I've seen none of these. You so have. We watched like, Shaft not too long ago. I've clearly scrubbed it from my memory then. You, you two can do this one on your own. There you oh. go. Right, fine. Me, me and Ian will get shafted. <laughs> Gladly. It just, it just doesn't look like my kind of thing. Well, fuck you. Fine. Um, what else have we got? What else have we got? Lots of really disappointing TV spots from in the yeah uh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl was the shit. <laughs> that was a wet fart, wasn't it? Yeah, I forgot yeah, about like, that. The actual Super Bowl apparently was shit. Maroon Five. I mean, Adam Levine got his, his boobies out. Yeah, Adam, people, Adam, people were very upset about Adam it. Adam Levine literally looked like a PG thirteen Harmony Corinne character. <laughs> Someone pointed out that it looks like his his left nipple spells bro. Because he's got BR, but he looks like a B because it's in Gothic script, and then it's got his nipple. That wouldn't surprise you if Adam Levine had that. I think it's actually like he's got his initials and then just his nipple. nipple. Yeah. I, 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 I think the guy in the tattoo parlour convinced him that he has to get all ta- all the tattoos he's ever going to have in his life all at the same time. And he just shit himself <laughs> and just went, right, okay, I want this, 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 without thinking about it. I, I think literally he thought, you know, the flashcards you get in uh, in tattoo places, mm. I think he thought he had to get all of those. All of them and yeah, so he pulled out the sheet and just went, I'll have that, please. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. what, what I don't get is, why did he start wearing a jacket, a shirt and a vest, and then gradually keep on taking bits of his clothes off? I don't know. scripture. It, it, what? Uh, the, right. I've always maintained this, right? But Maroon 5, when they got together as a band in California and did it, and they thought, right, this guy writes some all right songs. He's a good-looking guy. We're going to be able to make a little bit of money off this. And then got there. And it's it's now, they're at the point where I I reckon they all just fucking hate him and just be like, this guy's a prick. But we're all getting really rich off the fact that for some reason, people fucking think this guy's great, and we think he's shit. They're basically California Coldplay. Who thinks he's great, though? Like, I don't know anyone that likes Maroon 5. Uh, do you know who likes him? Like him. Uh, I had some... 22-year-old girls think he's great. 
I, I had a fair bit of university sex soundtracked to that first Maroon 5 album. Like, like, you wouldn't be listening to it now. Like, no. Who likes Maroon 5 now? I've just told you. He does like, he, he do, he does like American Idol or something like that, doesn't he? Oh, does he? Yeah. And, and also, to be fair, Adam Levine is also a part of Humble from Popstar. So I can't hate... I can't hate Adam Levine. He, like he's a prat, but I yeah I associate him with a lot with a lot of good times at uni, and for doing being a hologram opposite Andy Samberg. So uh, I'm fine with that. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, the I, I, I back become, to the actual shitty TV squad. I, yeah, I become more and more concerned about Captain Marvel the more and more I see about it. It looks shit. It's got a catchphrase now. It's got a catchphrase, yeah, that they literally shout at you so much in the TV spot. Yeah. What's that? I remember it. I can't remember it, but they just say three words over and over again. Yeah. Repeatedly, I need to fucking check the TV spot now again just to see what it is they say. But they say like three words, and it's like. Oh, are you trying to catch? Is this what you're hanging on now? A fucking catchphrase. Like higher, faster. Something like that. Strong, or is that the words to like a song? That could be the words to a song, Bex. That could be harder, better, faster, stronger. Yeah, it could be. I will find it out now. While I'll ask you guys talk about a different track. I was really, really sort of disappointed in the scary Tories. Scary, scary Tories. Scary Tories. There's <laughs> lots of fucking scary Tories. Um, scary stories to tell in the dark and then I realised that I'd only watched one and what they've done is just put higher further faster higher further faster yeah that's it Um, and then I realised that it was it's an just keep saying it over and over again in the trailer yeah shit Um, they they split them up haven't they because it's an anthology film so they split up the TV spots into one for each on, on bit of the Oh, this is that's quite good when you watch more together. I don't yeah, I just want to, I'll watch the film, I don't give a shit about the what is it. I'm I'm just excited for the young adult horror movie. Which he's not even directed, is he? He's producing He's just producing it. Sure he is. It looks like his creature designs involved. Yeah. Uh but yeah. Um, what else is that? That's pretty much it, I think, isn't it? Oh, wait, we're missing one. Mm-hmm. Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, fuck. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. This fucking trailer literally made my day. The day it Like, it was the best thing that happened on that day for me. Um... That trailer, it just... This film is going to be the best. There's no way it's not going to be the best. The best, I don't I, I don't know what best, but it will be the best something. <laughs> and I can watch The Rock running down a sky... No, like, falling, dropping down a skyscraper, punching a guy... While Jason Statham is in a lift watching it <laughs> happening all fucking day, yeah, like I just and it, I mean, like okay, 
so Idris Elba is now like what, like basically Superman, like what, like a robo cyber enhanced Superman or something. Like it literally looks like Idris Elba is playing himself, deciding to be evil with a bunch of tech. <laughs> like it, it basically Idris Idris Elba somehow managed to invest in Facebook without anybody noticing and has got like billions of dollars. To be fair though, Idris Elba always just plays to himself in different situations. Yeah. He's not exactly got the fucking range, are they? You, you really don't like Idris Elba, do you? I don't know. He's just the fucking same in everything. And fucking Lisa, man. What a boring fucking show that is. Anyway, back to Hobson Shaw. Go on. I'm very much afraid. It looks like so much fucking fun. And it, 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 it's... What, the, the thing is, though, is, is this going to be a lot more fun than the last Fast and Furious movies? And how does, how does it... How do the day bridge the gap between those? All, all you need... All you need now is a Tyrese Gibson and Ludacris buddy movie. And then you just don't need any more fast films. But we know there's going to be another two because they're already greenlit. But I mean, I, I don't, it just like the rocks already basically said, I'm not doing another fast film with Vin Diesel. Um, Statham will probably be more than happy to just do fucking whatever. And and I mean, I mean, good for him. You know, that's not a criticism of Jason Statham. He's found his niche, and he's fucking loving life. Um, but I mean, you know, what does Vin Diesel do now? I mean, like to be honest with you, the Vin Diesel project I'm most excited about is Triple X Four. Like, I am so excited that they're doing another Triple X film. Like, I I I don't know. I what is Fast Nine going to be? What you know? I mean, Fast and Furious Eight is two years old now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So two years old. They've and got there's, a fucking the space. That that's that's the thing. It's like which franchise is going to do it first? Mission Impossible or Fast and Furious? Okay. I mean, that's a that's I mean, a kind that, quite a long time for Cruise to fully train as an astronaut, isn't it? And like, I think, and that, too, I think, I think that would I think be the... legally too old to do it as well. Oh, you leave him alone. And I think that would be the level of commitment that he would want to go to that project. Fucking Elon Musk will get in on that shit. Fucking SpaceX, that shit. You know, just be like a private fucking. Don't do it through NASA. Just do it privately funded with the old Elon. And fucking Elon Musk be the bad guy of the next two Mission Impossible films. <laughs> what, what, what's he going to do? Just call. Um... Just refer to constantly refer to Ethan Hunt as a paedophile. Yeah, that was an. I mean, uh, Elon Musk had a very, very trying 2018. Um, you know, and yes, he did repeatedly call that diver a paedophile for no fucking reason whatsoever. But uh, it, 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 just because you've got a, a very good intentions and you're looking at all these things doesn't stop you from being a billionaire cunt. <laughs> I, I, I. Like I, you can enjoy, like his intentions and dislike the man. I I I enjoy Elon Elon Musk in various facets, and I literally have a Tesla Model S Hot Wheels car on my desk at work 
because You're I really like Tesla. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Tesla fanboy. I'm not necessarily an Elon Musk te- fanboy, but I am a Tesla fanboy. I like my electric vehicles, and I fucking love Teslas. But yes, anyway, let's have Elon Musk be the let's have him be the villain of the Fast and Furious films. I think that's probably more his speed. To be fair, um, what were we talking about? Space. And because of Hobbs and Shaw. But yeah, it's. Um, Hobbs and Shaw will be the best film of this decade. <laughs> I, I really hope you're right. Like, when's it out? Fallout when the, f- the best film of this decade. It's not going to beat Fallout. Is it not? No. When the fuck is it out? Is it like June? Hobbs Shaw. Hobbs. Great fucking podcast this is. Just three people trying to find out <laughs> where Hobbs and Shaw are. August. Is it? Mm-hmm. Hobbs and Shaw. What day? Second. Second of August. 31st. Thank you. 31st of what? Second of August. Second of August. Mm. Right, okay. So I... I need to take the 2nd of August off so I can go see it three times. <laughs> <laughs> what? Fucking hell. Eddie Marsden and Cliff Curtis are in it. Uh, well, oh, fucking hell. Oh, fucking hell. Cliff Curtis. Oh, it's going to be such a good time. It is. 2nd second of, of August. What else is out that weekend? Right, so look now. He's going up against this fucker. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. Nothing's going up against this. Right. Fucking Jesus Christ, there's a lot of films coming out this year. Bloody hell. Right, here we go. Um, (laughs) What is it? Well, I don't think it's going to happen, but the new mutants. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No. (laughs) That's not going to happen. Unless they want to strategically bury it. (laughs) That's. Oh, God, that's fucking amazing. Right. I mean, God, what are the odds on the New Mutants actually being released? Very, very low. My word. Fucking it. Like, I just... Oh, God, the New Mutants. I I mean, just what... What the fuck? Like, Disney aren't... Like, Bob Iger's going to take one look at that and go, Nah. (laughs) You know, it'll be on Disney Life. Just like, it'll just drop on Disney Life one day in 2023. Oh, it's past that, is it? What? You you no. It's just we had that one trailer and that was it. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me if that just disappeared off all, <laughs> all social media. Where's the new mutants coming out? What? What? What are you talking about? You know the New Mutants movie? You collectively it. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's New just... Mutants movie. I don't know what you mean. Would you like a Funko Pop? Yeah. It, <laughs> but it, it's like the 2010s version of like that um, Fantastic Four movie that was made in like the late 80s, early 90s. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like that, you know, just the kind of like the deep, the dirty little secret. <laughs> Foxy's, Foxy's little fucking little baby I have with the secretary. 
But it was, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But I mean, God, like Josh Boone, like the, the writer director, he was talking at the time about how he wanted it to be a trilogy and each part was going to, um, have it reflect a different kind of horror shot, like horror type. And it was like, yeah, all right, that sounds awesome. And then all this shit happens. Um, even though it, I will say it was interesting that Bob Iger, the Disney CEO this week said they will continue to make Deadpool R rated and they are looking into doing other R rated Marvel films. Like that's, it, it's interesting that, that he's at least put it out there that that is something that could happen. They believe they should. They should. It should be. You can't limit it to just to being just the sanitized versions of it. And they, they proved that financially it works. Yeah. Yeah. Quite. Um, okay. Trailers, I think. Yeah, I, I would say so. So, as my mother always said, "What kind of brand new fool are you?" Look at them over there. Take a good look at the officer you hit. Look at him. He's over there having a grand old time chatting up with his pals. Enjoying a nice cup of coffee. And where are you? In here, with me, who did nothing. Yet I'm the one who pays the price. I'm the one who's going to miss the Birmingham show. Hey, I'm going to lose a lot of money, too, if you don't play Birmingham. So that little temper tantrum, was it worth it? Hmm? You never win with violence, Tony. You only win when you maintain your dignity. Dignity always prevails. Green Book is directed by Peter Farrelly and stars... Hey, I'm Viggo Mortensen. I fold my pizza. Um, (laughs) Mahershala Ali. Linda Cardellini as disapproving slash approving wife number 367. Um and others. Green Book is the based on true things story of um uh oh, what was his name? Flip. Flip. Uh, Tony Lip. T- Tony Lip. Yeah, Tony. Flip's the fucking guy in Black Klansman. Theory me. Uh, Tony Lip, played by Viggo Mortensen, who gets a job as a driver for Dr. Don, John, Don Shirley, a uh, famous pianist played by Mahershala Ali. And together they have a kind of a mismatched people who become best chums while uh, kind of experiencing the worst of American racism. Well, uh, thank you very much. May, may, maybe not the worst, Um but yeah, some pretty downright bad. Downright unpleasant shit goes on. Yeah, some downright unpleasant shit goes on, and Viggo Mortensen's character starts as someone who puts glasses touched by black men in the bin, but then never ever does anything nearly as remotely racist ever again in the film. No. Yeah, that. I, sorry. He takes his wallet with him when he goes for a piss. Yeah, I. Th- th- yeah, I mean, there, there is that as well. But I mean, there's the whole kind of like putting the glasses in the bin as if anything that a black man touches is unusable. Like, that's a pretty fucking 
strong. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I take your point, but I don't. I, it's a bold I, opening. It's, it's, oh, God, a big it's step. Not, yeah, it is. It's an odd, old film is Green Book. Um, Becky, what do you think? Um, I bet it's a, it's a funny one because it's hard to review without obviously looking at the criticisms that have been levelled at it, um, which is that it, it, it seems to try to sanitise the racism a little bit. His, his redemption arc from racist gate that put glasses in the bin to pretty much all all right guy is, is very swift and then the racism that you're witnessing in the film is from third party um i can kind of i can kind of see that but then there's not much story in watching him have to come to terms with working for a black man there's more there's more mileage in showing it coming from others and him being witness to it yeah um, and him questioning his behavior in the past because he now has a relationship with this with this one guy um so i don't know i, I think people People tend to get wrapped up in the subject matter a lot of the time, which obviously is what it's supposed to engage with the subject matter when you're watching a film. But you have to remember they also are making a film. They have to fit certain things in, and and Gates will actually be entertaining at the same time. Um, as a film, I really enjoyed it. I thought Herschel Ali's performance is probably stronger than Viggo Mortensen's. Um, but, but, I mean, both are very good. Just staring at me and not saying anything. It's disconcerting. Right. Um, and I think... Yeah, I think, I think it, there's enough uncomfortable stuff in there for it to... to be justifiable in its in dealing with its subject matter. I think... And I said this to you this morning when we were discussing it, didn't I? I think it's... It's the kind of film that people who don't think they're racist but probably are a little bit will watch and then maybe go, oh, shit, I do that. And if it, if it makes one person go, well, actually, yeah, that thing I do is it's probably not, not right and not do it anymore, then, then it's succeeded. You know, people like, right, so I, I know people in my life, and I'm going to get into who they are, that are, they would not consider themselves racist. But they are. But are. And... They, these are people that objected to a black history museum being opened because where's the white history museum? Oh, they just called fucking museums. Yeah. They just called museums. But they, they, but they wouldn't consider themselves racist. And, and like I said to you this morning, they will never watch a movie like Black Continent. They just won't. But they might watch Green Book. And it might, probably won't, but it might make them think about the way that they engage with Sad, sadly, I think, I think those people now are people who would go, oh, we'll just say that is racist. Racist is when you beat people of other colours or when you have them to do your chores for you. <laughs> I don't think they're quite that bad. But, I mean, that happens as well in the film. But do you, do you know what I mean? Do you, do you understand the point that I'm getting at? I understand, I understand, I, 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 I understand the point you're getting at. It, it, it's, it's a more... Ex- 
it's it's a it, it's going to play to a wider audience or a different type of audience yeah. than Black Klansman will, and it's not it's not going to tell people off like Black Klansman does. But I'm saying that it's what, what either right or wrong. Mm. But I do see what you say. But it's a different approach. And I think softly, softly is... approach. Yeah. Hey, might be a little bit racist rather than hey, you're fucking racist. Yeah. Yeah. Bit a bit more like. You know that? Yes. Rather than, don't fucking say that. <laughs> Rather than clipping it on the head and going, I'm going, no. Better watch it, Captain Wade. <laughs> I just, yeah, I think... I don't know, it's a funny one. I don't know whether it's as good as people are, that think it's good are making out, and I definitely don't think it's as bad as people that think it's bad are making out. But it's, it's just... Well, you go, you go next. Ask you, you fucking say the ship. I see what you said. I'll ask you next. You might want to go next. Ian can mark her next. Ian's gone. Ian's king. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm just listening. Uh, right. Essentially, Green Book is. For a start, it's a good story. It's a fun kind of road movie story mm. that has a. An undertone to it that is that, that, that's what it's kind of going along. The fact that it's it, it's got very comedic elements, I think it leans quite heavily into into comedy. Uh, is there? I think Viggo Mortensen's performance leans more into comedy because it it, it, it feels very caricature. Yeah, of standard hey. Bronx. Oh. What is it? You know. Uh, whereas Mershali is, is a is a bit more staid and feels a little bit more like. That's the dramatic role. Theo Martinson's is the comedy role. Mm. You know, it, it, none, none more so where those worlds collide than the Theo Martinson eating a piece of fried chicken like a fucking apple. Um, whilst Michelle um, Shalali is in the back eating it like literally like the thing is dripping in grease and he is just trying to not get out of his fucking blanket. So basically, like you would eat it. We, 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 we made this joke while watching it. Saying, hey, you did. You tried to make a fucking joke. Oh, Viggo Mortensen eats his fried chicken like you. Which is true. Which is not. I would not just grab it in my fucking hand and eat it like an apple. You kind of do a little. I do not. You do. And then obviously realised immediately. Yeah, immediately that. Yeah, that, that I was watching going, oh shit, Rush, I is literally eating KFC like I eat KFC. You eat KFC wrong. I, I eat KFC like, like, I, like there's a time limit and it's about to explode. But I'm more scared of it exploding than wanting to eat it. <laughs> so I do it very tentatively without getting as little of it on my hands as possible. Any food on the bone is wasted on you. It is, it is, but it totally is, yeah. I am way too picky. Um, but I, I enjoyed the story, but it's... it's you know, we often say that there's certain movies that are not for certain people. Mm. Um, this is a movie for white over 50s who are fairly liberal, want to be guided through a very nice, pleasant story, being able to look at things in a, in a certain way and go, some go, oh, well. and others kind of go, oh, it's nice to have friends at the end of it all. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of how I feel about Green Book. Isn't it some uncomfortable no, bits in there? There is. Like it's been nothing, yeah, it is uncomfortable. And, you know, there's that there, but it always feels a little bit there. 
Yeah. You know, we don't get to see, we don't see the him getting beaten by the props. No. We don't really see him getting beaten up at the bar. No, we get see we, we see the very tail end of it all. Yeah. And so it, it, it's, it's happening, like but it's not movie. showing yeah. you it. Yeah. Which is fine. And, and I'm fine with the way the film handles that. Uh, I found all the performances. And I had a good time watching it. And it's it's a good film. I've, I, I've no problem with it being received as highly as it is. Um, I just I don't think there's enough bite there. Or enough... There isn't enough bite. Um, charisma there for it to be considered any higher than it is, let's say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I think that's pretty bang on. I mean, it, it's a film which... I I don't think you can hate Green Book. I, no. I, I like I I don't think you can. Its heart is in the right place, and no, it's not Black Klansman, but it's also a film which will be seen by more people than Black Klansman. And yes, it's not the film that really puts your feet to the fire, but at the same time. I don't think every single film has to be, and not every single person wants to see those films. You know that, that you, you, you're spot on, right? That this is this is a story about two unlikely people becoming friends to the backdrop of, of extreme racism in the, in the deep south in 1960s America. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's like, not about racism in 1960s America. And the secondary part is these two people becoming friends. No, I mean that that that, that that's it. And I mean, I, and I think th- this isn't as good a film as Black Klansman. No, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's it's just it's it's palpably not. Yeah, but it's a film on its in its own right. And just because it's released in the same Oscar season as Black Klansman doesn't mean that you, you, you should necessarily automatically compare it to that. What is this film? It is a well-meaning, blessed by two very good actors in the lead performances yeah. film, which... I think it, it, it tells a middle brow story perfectly well, and it maybe doesn't tell you anything that you don't already know. However, there may be people who don't know, and and you know, and and I I think that is important. You know, there will be some people who watch Green Book who maybe don't know what what this situation was um and i like the fact that it's just as much about two men from different backgrounds regardless of race learning to connect with each other as much as it is about race in the end of the day it's vigo mortensen seeing this like guy dressed up in this stuff that he doesn't understand with with all the, the accoutrement in his in his apartment that he doesn't understand, learning that this guy is also a really good musician. And, you know, he says quite early on, like, he doesn't really understand it, but he thinks he's kind of a genius. Yeah. You know, and, and again, Don Shirley gets to appreciate this guy 
whose love for his family beats pretty much every single fucking other thing. Um, you know, and I mean, like, I, I'll be honest, the ending reminded me of planes, trains, and automobiles, and that's not a, that is not a criticism. No, that, that, that's it. The thing is, towards the end, you are you are hoping, and you get the MacGuffin of, of the of the the little old couple. What is it? You are hoping that, he's, that there's going to be, when it comes back to that, what is it? That there's going to be a knock on the door. Because as you've gone through and you've seen these two people get closer, I mean, personally, I think the, actual, the best scene in the film is when the, um, they stop um, outside the fields and you've got Viggo Mortensen spilled up the radiator and you've got a field full of, of, of black workers watching and... Major Ali comes out and almost makes a gesture of not, of what is it? Of, yeah, this guy's driving me. But not in a, it's not in a showy or show-offy way. It's, there's a, there's a, a, a kind of almost like, holy shit, this is, that exists, wow. Yeah. And the fact that they both stop and have a look and then get in, it's, it's, it, it's a powerful moment within the context of that movie that's a problem of that you get within that movie it's the bit in Birmingham when they fuck off that last show that, that I really love fucking love that yeah, yeah. It, 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 you I, sat there thinking just fucking walk out don't play the show don't play the and, show and, and, and how happy his bandmates are that yeah. he's finally actually doing it yeah yeah and yeah, the, the fact that the fact, you've got another point there. You know, Egon Mortensen's character wants to beat the shit out of that guy. Oh, he yeah. wants to beat the shit out of him because it, he's offending his friend. Yeah, I mean, there's a, the, the, the whole thing is, is the whole Tony based his entire existence on his loyalty, mm. and he wants to beat the shit out of it. But then the fact that he says, "Don't do it, don't do it for me," he's like, "Right." And I mean, All right, I won't do it because you've asked me to not. And and the, but then the thing is, I don't begrudge it. It's necessarily its place in the best picture race. I will say, it is weirdly constructed. The I, I like Peter Farrelly. It just he doesn't. I just the way he's made the film, like the way that. It's got the, the kind of the mobster guys earlier, early on. It's like you know, come you know, come work for us, and like halfway through, they're there, and it's like we want to offer you a job, and it kind of thought like, is is that going to come back? And it doesn't. And this film also has maybe the most abrupt ending I think I've ever fucking seen. Like it literally seems to end mid conversation. <laughs> when it, it's just it's Don Shirley and Linda Cardellini talking to each other it's like oh and thank you for writing the letters and then it's almost like he's about to say something and then it just ends <laughs> like, like, like what he said was they thought was really good and they would actually watch it be like oh we, we really should have the bit where he goes it's a three way then you know, we should cut that we should definitely cut the three way comment yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Finally, finally going Fucking this would have worked in all my other movies. No, I mean that that that's it, and it's like I I don't know. It just I'm I'm glad Peter Farrelly didn't get a best director nomination because that probably would have come at the expense of Pavel Pavel uh, Pavkovsky for um, Cold War. 
it, it, yeah, it, it's, and I would have been fucking fuming, quite is, frankly. But it is, it's not a, it's not a director film. There's no, it, it's a story and an actor's film, and that's fine. There's no, it, it's a, it, I say by the numbers, directing isn't. It's not an easy task, but it's not a. The director isn't isn't telling the story. The story is telling the story. Yeah, yeah. If that makes any sense at all. He's not stretching himself, is he, as a director? No. But, you know, he's got a writer's credit for it. Hmm. What was that? Hmm. Oh. No, 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 I'm green. Uh, sorry, I'm just muting somebody on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot. <laughs> like, I don't need to fucking... Yeah, anyway. Um... Yeah, I, I, it just—it's a perfectly okay film. I wouldn't want it winning Best Picture, but and I, I'll be honest, I, I, I think Mahershala Ali is very good in it. I also think he won Best Supporting Actor two years ago. Let someone else have it. Well, he's not in Best Supporting, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. the thing. Like, let's that, that, that's mental because he should be. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's he's yeah. But let's not get that bit. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he's going to win it. Uh, I, I, Richard E. Grant is fucking trying. He is. Like, he's... He, he is, however, I will say, I, 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 and we'll get into Richard E. Grant later on the show, I do think Richard E. Grant's going to win it because of the way that he's playing the game, and I have no qualms about the way that he's playing the game, and like that. But the fucking, the Oscar nominees, big pitch that they did... Sam Elliott should win the Academy Awards just for that picture. <laughs> it's fucking incredible, isn't it? He is like magnificent. But he's like the only one who knows where the camera is out yeah, of the he, entire lot. And, and, he's and, and, and he is looking at it with, with a look of hello. It's just like he's kind of standing off at an angle. And he's and head so much higher than everything else. Yeah, it's oh, it's the fucking best. I tell you what, as well, right? Him in the A Star Is Born iTunes like documentary feature, he's wearing a Lady Gaga t-shirt. That one where he literally starts crying. Yeah, and, and like it's fuck, it's fucking brilliant. Like I just, it's just the fact he's wearing a Lady Gaga t-shirt. It's amazing. But yeah, no, um, yeah. So I'm. I'm, I'm definitely not shit. I don't think it's even close to a touching cloth. Oh, it just, I, I, it's not film of the year either. I'm, I'm definitely not shit. Um, yeah, definitely not shit. It, 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 it's, it's a solid film. And do you know what? It's got enough merit as entertainment. It doesn't have to be changing the world. No, yeah, it, that, that, that's it. And I, and I, you know, I could see myself in a few years' time rewatching it again. Just oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is... But more, more for just the, the relationship they have. More for them bonding over... Fried chicken. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And letter writing. And the... Uh, uh, do you had to go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it, shit. Because even that, even that bit, when you see the guy looking at him counting yeah. the cash, you're thinking, oh, fuck, something horrible's going to happen here. Yeah. And then it just he comes out, shoots the gun twice up in the air because he knows they're waiting for him. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I thought because obviously there's the he mentioned something earlier about not being not being white enough to fit in in those circles and not being black enough yeah. to fit in in those circles and kind of felt like shit. Are they gonna 
Are they not even going to let him have this one night? Of well, yeah, the one night where he, yeah. where he where he does fit in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our audience poll. Uh, this backs up what you were saying, Ian. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely not shit. Eighty-three percent. Touching cough, zero percent. Shit, zero percent. And a geostorm, seventeen percent. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, yeah. This is the pizza falling scene. No one eats pizza like that. You don't eat I fall my pizza. Not the fucking entire pizza, though, but I do fall my pizza. Well, yeah, that's fine. A slice. You don't fall the whole fucking pizza. I don't know. Depends on No one eats pizza like that. If, if that I was, was going to. Look how Italian he is. If I was going to do that, I would totally fold it one more time, though, just so I could have it like a big, chunky, fucking sandwich esque motherfucker. Yeah. That would be good. I've just shown Becky the Sam Elliott picture. <laughs> Literally, nobody else is looking at the camera and then look at it and it's like, hey, fuck you. You're staring into that camera so. Yeah. I also do think that he should win it for his comment on, you know, you've been nominated for an Academy Award for Best Spot Actor and his response was about fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love that man. And, and, and he is also in The Ranch, which is still the most underrated Netflix show. Mm. We do have loads of episodes of that to watch, which I will get to because, you know, Sam Elliott. We're very deeply engrossed in bones at the moment, though, aren't we? Yeah, we are. It's terrible. Anyway, Carol. Okay, so. Hello? Alan? You got my messages. Thanks for coming. Yeah, I uh, I brought some wonderful Faulkners that I unearthed. Not why I called. Listen, the FBI has been in here to see me. The FBI? They asked me to wear a wire. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm a good guy. Uh, and if they want me to be a witness, I'll lie. But you are going to pay me $5,000. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, come on. I'm not going to rat you out or anything. That was very generous of you. I don't have $5,000. You're a clever woman. Figure it out. I'll tell you what, we've already talked about him a little bit anyway, so let's do this. Um, Can You Ever Forgive Me is directed by Marielle Heller and stars Melissa McCarthy. And uh, Richard E. Grant, kind of really the two main players, in all honesty. Um, so, this is uh, based on the true life exploits of Lee Israel, a um, author and biographer who fell on hard times and found a lucrative career uh, creating forged letters of... Um, well-known people who she then sold to collectors for good chunks of cash with the help of a alcoholic friend, uh, Jack Hock, played by Richard E. Grant. Uh, Mark, what do you think of Can You Ever Forgive Me? I kind of liked it. Hmm. In the sense that I, I find... Melissa McCarthy, a very, very watchable screen presence. Um, so I, I did... I liked it to a point, though. Uh, 
And after it finished, I, I said to um, Becky after it finished, it felt like a perfectly fine film, but it did feel a little bit like a Rob Reiner film that didn't have any uh, enough of the wit or charm of a Rob Reiner film. So, New York setting, love that. Liz McCarthy, he's very good in it. Richard E. Grant is very good in it. I have a caveat for that, though. Um, and it's it's a fun kind of story. But it just, it just something didn't quite work. So overall, did I enjoy it? Yes. But it's a... I can see why it's not featured more in awards season. Mm. It's not... It, it's fun. It's better than fact. It's good. I just don't think it's better than good. Yeah. Is what I will say there. Becky? And, oh, no. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get more into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, to be perfectly honest. There's nothing... There's nothing super special about it as a film. It's a very interesting story and probably a story that not many people would have known about. Um, but it's nothing um, it's nothing sort of world changing um, yeah Melissa McCarthy's good in it um, you argued that she potentially makes her a bit more likeable than the real life Lee Israel maybe was yeah I, I, well, just by virtue of her Melissa McCarthy-ness um, I, thought, I thought Richard E. Grant was great in it he, he lit up anything that he was in Apart from maybe the last one he was in. That was a bit depressing. Um, well, he had a pretty good last line, though. Well, yeah. Yeah, true. Um, and I think, you know, for a film of its type, it sounds like the historical inaccuracies are minimal, um, which is obviously a bonus. But, yeah, I just think it was it was a perfectly serviceable, entertaining enough movie that didn't didn't really sort of do much else okay um that's interesting i i really liked it um i thought it was just a really interesting character study uh which takes in the life of this woman who is like uh, just an absolute asshole but has just kind of had it all beaten out of her through just life. Um, and I think the wintry New York setting is pretty perfect for that. I will say I am a massive sucker for wintry New York settings. Well, oh, I, I, I am too. I literally, I always say to Becky, of the, you know, the, the, the things you want to do before you die, essentially. But, uh, but you're bucketless, yeah. One of the things that's very high on mine is New York at Christmas. Mm. I'd love to do New York at New York at Christmas. It's probably impossible to do, but I'd love to do it. And it is literally all because of when Harry met Sally. And <laughs> I, I, I guarantee you that it will. That I'm imagining it being all witticisms and wonderful and all like earthy tones or anything like that. When probably. It's just muggings and piss smells. But I'm happy with the imagination of it right now. That's the thing. 
I would want to do New York in January, February. Like, it's deep midwinter. Everyone kind of is just a bit shit to each other, but every now and then you find pockets of warm humanity. That's 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 what I want. I want the deep New York of people are a bit shit, but there's a bookseller lady who's very sweet and into me. And like, <laughs> you know, like that that's that's you know that that's the new york that i or i want the new york of inside lewin davis where it's just like i'm pissed off at the world and i'm not entirely sure why but people still talk to me and i chase after a cat you know like i'm i'm kind of like that's the thing so all i'm trying to say is New York with a, a sheen of intellectual to it in winter is my jam. So I am predisposed. Um, and that might artificially in, inflate my ranking. But I think uh, Melissa McCarthy, I don't think she's ever been better. Um, I mean, in, in terms of dramatic work, I think Spy is a very, very good comedic performance by Melissa McCarthy. But she you wouldn't think of her character in bridesmaids or like the boss or, you know, or Tammy or any of those, when you're watching her in this, it's a, it's a good dramatic performance, uh, like a really, really good dramatic performance. And, you know, I, I don't begrudge her the best actress nomination. I think fair play to her for it. Absolutely. Um, uh, Yeah. And I mean, like it's, Mario Heller, her first film, Diary of a Teenage Girl, I wasn't into at all. Um, I, it, it, like, it was not my vibe. And yet, this is emphatically my vibe. And I, I'm not entirely sure why, when it does kind of feel like these are both films that are, these are not jobber works. Ne- neither of the films are. but And yet, I, I connect with, uh, with... Can you ever forgive me a lot more? Um... Is is this her first dramatic role since the nines? What McCarthy? Yeah, I think it is. Maybe I, what Saint Vincent? I can't remember whether she was comedic or dramatic in that. In all honesty, but um, I can't remember on that one. That's the only one I'm thinking. Yeah, I think it might be her last. I think it might be her first dramatic performance since the nines, which she's very good in as well, to be honest. Where she plays Ryan Reynolds' wife. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, it. it I just, I, I think it's a film which is, it, you know, it's quite a small film, really, and it's quiet, and the story itself, not an awful lot actually happens narratively. You know, it's like, she's not getting any work, she starts forging, she makes money, she ropes her mate into it when he gets on her a bit, then he gets on him, then she's basically a subpoenaed, and she pleads guilty and there you go but it's about her life and about her kind of rediscovering her sense of almost joy de vivre through fucking like, through this activity which is criminal yeah it's like rediscovering a creativity but, but creative yeah that, that that that's exactly it and that scene towards the end where she's just like I, I I don't regret it. It, it. it you know it was one of the best times of my life. It's like you feel that you you understand that because 
you know, yes, it, it made for her financially, but it creatively, it, it did it. And also that scene at the end where, you know, he gets the, the, the letter about where well, you've got a forged work here and then he just puts it back anyway. It's like, what harm has it actually caused? Almost because, like, the people who are buying them, it's buying a dream. You know, it, 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 it's these things come with a certificate of authenticity and yet still they're fake, you know, and it, it's it, what, what has she actually done that is criminal? Yes. It's this thing, which isn't well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all I, I suppose it, it, it's like, it sold these people, this idea about their favorite people that they believe. And it's enabled them to feel closer to the, these people even if it is fake. I mean, I, I, I suppose I, it is, that's spinning, but that's, I, I, I enjoyed her character and that, just the that, misanthropic aspect of it that much that I'm almost fucking seeing her point of view, even though I really fucking shouldn't. You see that, that and that's one of my issues with the movie is I think that she becomes too sympathetic because I think that, that, um, Miss McCarthy is, can convey that, I think she, Miss McCarthy, I don't, I don't know Liz, Liz or anything like that, but I don't know much about her, but I think that Miss McCarthy is actually who can put an, an element of a, a emotional depth in somebody who, who might not fucking deserve it. And that's my, that's kind of where I feel a little bit like... Well, that quote at the, when she's in the courtroom is, is a quote. Yeah, it, 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 it is, yeah. But yeah. I mean, but, like... But my, it, my thing there is, is, is there's that. But that can be, you can take that two ways. Is it that she just doesn't give a shit? You know, that, 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 it, it, there's a continuing thing at Incident at the moment about unpleasant people being given, oh, well, you've got to look at the other side of it. No, she, to me, she just comes across as an unpleasant person. I don't want to feel fucking sympathy for her. She's an unpleasant person. I don't think she was supposed to feel like a deeply unpleasant person. She's a dick. Yeah. She's quite quick that she's supposed to be a bit of a dick. Well, yeah, the yeah. Not, the, fact that she's, the fact that she's quite unpleasant to everybody she comes in contact with. Well, she's and she's a shit pig. pig. I don't like shit pigs, Becky. She's a shit pig. Well, the yeah, no, but... Uh, sorry, Becky, go on. No, I think it's more that she's just supposed to be not really comfortable in social situations and not good at you navigating have... them. No, yeah. no, she's unpleasant, though, as well. She's unpleasant people. That. Oh, that, but that's excuse making. Yeah, but you're unpleasant. I, I, but I find people taking no sympathy in that. I don't want people to go, he was a bit of a prick. Oh, yeah, but he does get uncomfortable in situations. I think creep back in and go, no, I'm fine, I just don't like you. Because well, you're actually a <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it's. It, it, nah. I, it, I, I don't know. There was something I was going to say there, but I'm not going to because it's probably a bit too much about my personal life for the podcast. But it's um, I I I, I sympathise with people who are maybe not as socially well adjusted because of like you know what life has done to them or uh, you know or or uh, like any kind of like mental handicap I, I don't think she's got a mental handicap but it, i'm i don't know i'm t- what am i trying to say i 
I I sim I empathise more with this type of person than maybe maybe you do, Mark. And you know, which is which is, which is quite possible. Yeah, but uh, also as well, I think that comes from the fact that uh, between uh, between me and Ian, definitely Ian is the sort of person who does look for the good in people more than I do, and that's not a that, that's just a fact. He does <laughs> from knowing from how well I know you. He does, and I don't. I get the feeling like I know you're a, you're a hate people first, and then let them win you over kind of person. I I kind of get the feeling that Ian's more a give everyone the benefit of the doubt, and then if you give me a reason to hate them, I will. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's fair. You're coming from different angles. Yes, yeah, which, which 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 is perfectly fine. And both are valid ways to live their life. Except mine is probably wrong. Um, <laughs> Can I just interject with something very, very briefly? It is no, bit- no, you can't. The men must speak. Sorry, <laughs> go on. Yeah, please well, do, is, please it do. It is a bit off topic, but you reminded me when you said about like feeling closer to the people you idolise thing earlier. So it, it was on here, wasn't it, that we were talking about the, the, the Sylvester Stallone lady at my work? Yes. Yes. There's been a development. Oh, I, I got talking to her about it today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Told her how jealous like Mark was about it, mm. and she was like, "Oh well, do you know what? I had the best experience of my life last year." I was like, "All right, okay." Thinking like she bumped into him somewhere, you know that thing you really wanted to go to the meal. Yeah, she went to that. Oh wow! Yeah, we should go up for drinks with this woman. Well, me and her should go. You know, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> she said. She said honestly, like I've had children. I've been on loads of really nice holidays, but it was the best moment of my life. <laughs> Yes, me and this woman should definitely go out for drinks. Um, she looked like she was going to cry when she was describing it. I, 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 like, I feel like I'm going to cry a little bit just for her. Um, can, can we get on my minor issue with Richie Grantley? Yeah, yeah is, sure. Is it very similar to my issue with Idris Elba? It is very similar to our issue with what is it? Richie Grantley is very, very good in this. Yeah. Right? And... If he wins Best Supporting Actor, I will feel a little bit sad for Sam Elliott. Uh, but also, as well, I will feel quite happy for Rich D. Grant. Because he's very good in it, and everybody knows Rich Grant is a lovely guy, and he seems to be really enjoying it, and everything like this. But Rich D. Grant has been doing this for 30 years. No problem. I've got no problem with it. But it's not new. It, it's not a new discovery. Rich D. Graham can do this in his fucking sleep. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful, effervescent, fucking shining peacock of a performance, but the peacock's wings are fucked. But the peacock doesn't know its wings are fucked. He doesn't know that they, there was a fire because he was shit-faced when the fire happened. <laughs> and then the peacock keeps on going, boom, look at my fucking wings. They're going, they look a bit fucked. <laughs> and he's too blazed the game to know they look fucked. So that peacock really jiggy. Fucking fantastic. And I like that about his performance. But it's just... It, it, it's a very much a... Yeah? Yeah. If you would tell me Rich Negrant was in this movie, that is what I thought he would play straight away. Yeah, I mean, the, I the, 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 the issue is, is with it's just with everyone's 
surprise it. Even with Rich D. Grant's surprise at it. I think Rich D. Grant's maybe just surprised that he's getting the recognition for it that he is. Yeah, it, it, it's a real odd one. And I love the fact that he's enjoying the shit out of it. And he's been this weird, he's been really charismatic. Well, he is, though, isn't he? But he is charismatic. But he's he not- also. He also knows this is basically his one shot. Yeah, which which kind of baffles me that it's his that, that, that it's his one shot. But it is. It's right. But but then it all falls back to what I said to you, Becky. I think what I said to the further discussion was not about it. It's because he is a little bit like a fop Nick Cage. <laughs> it's not an insult. No, it's not an insult. But. I think it's weird that Richie Grant is a he's a very good actor, but I think that people think that he's a more serious actor than he actually is. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I think people think that he's done all this Shakespeare stuff and all these really powerful dramas when actually he's done Hudson Hawk. <laughs> so yeah, there's that to it. But yeah, he's he's, he's very good in it. He's very good. I think. Doing the same performance. Um, oh my god! Uh, doing the same performance, but not have it stand out as much. You know, it, it stands out in this. I think maybe maybe it's kind of not been as. I don't know, it's maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I, I think. Uh, I, I think. I feel myself getting angry with myself that I think I'm being shitty about a movie that I actually like a lot more than I'm. Think I do because mm. I really enjoyed my time with it. I, I like the smallness of the story, like you were saying, Ian. It, it's very that not a lot actually happens, and I quite like that about it. It's not a character study, isn't it? In the sense of he initially starts to bring her out of herself, and she's like, like Ian was saying, like that combination of her relationship with him and, and what she's doing, and the fact that she's. She's been a little bit naughty and she's seeming to really quite enjoy talking to Richard D. Grant about how naughty she's been with these letters. And she does kind of rediscover a bit of herself, her character, instead of just trudging through and getting through life now that her books don't sell anymore. No. You're nodding Sorry. in that sarcastic way, which means you don't agree with me. No, I don't agree with you. I just don't agree with the character. I don't like the character. I think that's more it. I don't like the character. But why? She's not enough of a dick for you, for you to dislike her. Yeah, this is, this, this is the thing. You fucking hate people, Mark. So why... Why do you not like her? You should identify Maybe because she doesn't lean into it enough. She yeah. doesn't fully commit. What, she, she doesn't... But you just said she's horrible to everyone, and yeah, are now but, but saying, but she's not horrible enough. I don't know. Maybe I, she doesn't get as much. She doesn't get enough of a comeuppance, and she's just everyone just kind of lets her get away with being a dick. It's like, well, well, I don't know, man. I mean, like at what? the end of the day, she ends up by herself. But she like, deserves that. Volunteering in a cat shelter and what? Being a copy editor. Not writing anymore. Let a cat shit under her bed, Becky. Right, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but... they got Rich B. Grant to fucking clean it out. Yeah, she did do that. Yeah, all right, yeah. really bother Rich she, 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 She's one
and I hope everybody else sorts them out for her. I don't think she did that. Well, I don't she think anybody else... Cash it up, Becky. I don't think anybody else made her forge things, though. Like, I'm pretty sure she started that by herself. She did, yeah. But you just said everybody get everybody else to solve their problems for her. Yeah, but her problems were then solved by people buying them. No, initially, her cat was sick, and she tried to solve that problem by selling off one of her most prized possessions. Yeah. Uh, She did go to the bar as well, didn't she? So? Well, yeah, once it was a big payday, which meant that she could get her cat... I mean, like, this is all driven by the fact that she wants to give her cat medicine. And to be fair, karmically, cat's dead by the end of the film. That bit absolutely fucking killed me. Yeah, and I bet it fucking did as well. Well, I'm not a cat person. I thought it was really upsetting. You know, horrible. It was horrible. The raw fucking emotion in that bit where she finds her cat. Maybe I'm just projecting, but fucking hell, it killed me. No, no, no. I want to know. I want to know, right, if that if that cat died from the medicine cap uh, cap not being put back on by Rich D. Grant, or if it took the rest of Rich D. Grant's coat. I think I, the point was... I, I want to know if he OD'd on his medicine or Rich D. Grant's coat. I think the point was... I want coat cats. No, I don't think it did. It was a really old cat, and I think it just happened to die at a bad time. He gave it the medicine. You know, you, you kind of watching it thinking he's going to fucking forget, or it's going to snort cocaine, and you're going to keep doing it, and it's going to be dead. Well, I get, think the point of it, that was... They don't like cocaine cats. I think the point of that was supposed to be that he looked after it. Was he a bit irresponsible while she was away? Yeah, of course he fucking was. But he did get up and he did give the cat the medicine and it still died. Which she blamed him because he was in charge of it at the time. Oh my God, are you even listening to me? Yes, I'm listening to you. I just didn't find the cat being as emotional as you with an old cat. Which he grabbed some bit up. That is fucking old. Right. Inside, are you? A little bit, maybe, yeah. Right, I, I'm, I'm for once going to be a fucking editor here and say, well, let's move on. Definitely <laughs> not shit. I am definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not shit. Yep. Uh, our audience. Well, definitely not shit. Eighty-three percent. Mm. Uh, touching cloth. Seventeen percent. Uh, to the other two zero percent. Like. No, fair enough. Okay, good. And she wears the wig better than Nicole Kidman. <laughs> That's true. Have you ever felt invisible? I built a railroad. There he is. More. How do you It's Kenji, as you probably know. It's titled Hobo Man. The response is amazing. Arguably the hit of the show. Mm. Wolfson, female figure, four years ago. No, it's new. Vastly different themes. It's an iteration. No originality. No courage. My opinion. Well, I absolutely respect the power of your point of view, but this encompasses on a global scale. There's just such a sense of now and in your face, which speaks to pop and cinema and economics. I mean, you can feel the winds of the apocalypse. I can't save you. 
Right, here we go. Velvet Buzzsaw, directed by Tony Gilroy. Dan Gilroy. Dan Gilroy. Gilroy. Tony Gilroy, the... Um, Edit- he edited it. Yeah, okay. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Zoe Ashton, Tony Collette, uh, Rennie Russo, uh, Tom... Sturridge. Sturridge. Uh, John Malkovich, others... Oh, David Diggs. The impressively chested David Diggs. Yep. Good-looking dude. Right. Jake Gyllenhaal plays an art critic. Zawe Ashton plays an assistant to Rene Russo's kind of art dealer person who finds a cache of paintings which kind of take a hold of people. But these paintings are haunted. And now they're going to make the people who buy them die in a variety of creative ways while Jake Gyllenhaal slowly goes mad and Zoe Ashton becomes not a very nice person through the course of the film. Um, She's got a cracking wardrobe, are not she? Yep, that she does. Um, Velvet Buzzsaw uh, this is a film this is definitely a film this is a movie and what did Becky think of the movie I, I don't want to go first on this one okay what did Mark think of the movie I fucking loved it okay <laughs> I fucking loved Velvet Buzzsaw I yeah I love the fact that it's it's both trying to the the um, the emotion of, of art and the work that goes into it, everything like that, whilst also pointing the finger and saying, but you know, art people are pricks, right? <laughs> you know, that they, they, they will literally put emotion into anything. And the vacuousness of it all, whilst also citing the importance of it all, and it's throwing all these things around, and then in the middle of it all, it throws like a, 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 a supernatural horror movie in there as well. Indeed. Okay. Well, um, I'll I'll go then. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much there as well. Um, it's just it's my speed. Um, it, it's Jake Gyllenhaal just kind of unleashed and doing what he wants to do and Gilroy giving him the rope to do it. But Zoe Ashton, who apparently was considering quitting acting before she got the call about this film. um, I think she's really good. I think her kind of transformation through the film is, is pretty well played. Um, I like Rene Russo, John Malkovich. I, all for him and then he disappeared and he turns up in the end credits and he's fucking <laughs> like just brilliant um this film knows what it is and i think people don't seem to think that it does know what it is but it does know what it is it's a fucking ridiculous satire yeah which also lets gilroy indulge his most Wishmaster Nightmare on Elm Street fantasies at the same time. Um, yeah, I mean, like, 
how could he not know what this film is with the Tony Collette death scene, for fuck's sake? <laughs> like, it just is fucking brilliant. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. It just, it's mental. And there are not a lot of films that just seek to fucking have fun and be silly. But, do I, I like about the, the mentalness of it all? Hmm. It's mental and it's satirical and it's 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 a, it's batshit at points, but it's not it's not doing all that while stood next to you, going pointing at itself, going look look how weird we are, look how mental we are, look at what we're doing, look at this, look at this, and you're going uh, what? Uh, yeah, I suppose it just it just ticks along being a little bit just fucking being, weird, being yeah. fucking weird. Just, just on its weirdness. Yeah, like literally, graffiti comes to life and kills somebody, and engulfs it within itself. But when you're watching it at the point in the movie, you're going, "Oh, she ain't get out of this, is she?" <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't. It, it, it manages to trick you into thinking it's not that weird. Yeah, that is true. It doesn't feel weird while you're watching it. I think it's more when you think back and go, "Huh, yeah, well, that was weird." Yeah. Sorry, and I jumped in there. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm good. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just, I, I love what Jake Gyllenhaal's Hall's doing here. And yeah. the, the, the top bot, the top buttoned shirt thing. That's a thing now. That's weird. I'm not sure how I feel about that. What was that? Sorry. The the fucking the having the top button on the shirt done up. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing at the moment, that. You wouldn't be able to do that. I would be able to, I've got a really thick neck. Your neck's thicker than your thigh. It is thicker than my thigh, yeah. I have nice. A really thick, yeah. Thick I think neck. we've measured it before, haven't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Was, yeah. <laughs> you can't be fucking weird. You are fucking weird. Thanks. You're weirdly built. Yeah, yeah. Freakishly long torso. My little legs. Giant I think the piss up at work about that today. Were they? Yeah. Like, how short are your legs? Like, <laughs> I'm not a tall man. <laughs> like, yeah, but you're not, you're not, you're not, you're fairly short, but your legs are really short. Kane's like, I'm like, what, an inch tall? Yeah, these legs are so... Yeah, I know I have really short legs. I know ridiculously long torso. That's why you've got a lot of centre balance. I do have a lot of centre balance. Why like can't I be over? You can't yeah. fall over. Are you going to tell us your thoughts? I'm, I'm yes. Skirting around it. No, no, I wasn't skirting. I was just taking the idiot child, the charger upstairs. Um, Yeah. I, I watched it and I kind of, I, I mean, I loved it while I was watching it. And then I came out of the other end of it thinking, I feel like I should, there's a message there that I'm not getting. And it kind of, at the time, made me think, did I enjoy it as much as I felt like I enjoyed it? And then I kind of mulled it over and decided that as a satirical skewering of the art world by root of some pretty fucking good horror, which there's some pretty fucking good horror in that. That's fine. I enjoy it enough of that. It, yeah, it, I, I feel like I think maybe I was searching for like it hidden some meaning deeply in there somewhere, and I just wasn't getting it. I don't think they were. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's it's really, really, really good. The there's some really fucking good death scenes in there as well. It, 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 it's filled with great performances. Like you say, it. it, it 
Gyllenhaal is just... He looks like he's having an absolute fucking ball with it. Yeah. Anything yeah. you do at the moment, you, you're coming out of it going, he's just knocking it out of the park yeah. every time he steps up. It, it's... He's, but I don't think there was a weak performance. I mean, his was the strongest because I think he he got most time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought I, I mean there wasn't really anything. Ray Roos is as good as Ray Roos always is. Yeah. Uh, same mm. for Donny Collette, but both of them look like for very different reasons. They're having a lot of fun with the roles that they're doing. Yeah. Zoe uh, Ashton's very good in it. I like her her quiet driven stoicism in the sense that and it, it's backed up by a, a thing that Rene, Rene Russo says to her um, of you know do this and you could become rich and famous like you've always wanted or don't take up this offer and I'll I'll employ you in legal wranglings for the next 20 years mm. and it literally it, that's the moment where you go Ah, she's not interested uh, at all. She's just interested in money and power. Mm. It does. It is a little bit. Her character arc is probably the most interesting because she yeah. she basically by taking those pictures sells her soul to the devil and mm. completely loses herself, quite literally, in a graffiti art piece yeah. by the end of the movie. So yeah, it, it, she, she loses herself in the in the art that she's belittling. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in what would constitute real art. That scene's brilliant as well, with all the paint swirling around on the floor and gradually moving towards her. Yeah, brilliant. It's it, 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 the same as create horror in it. It's, yeah. Gilroy is, is, is literally, and it, it's wonderful this because Netflix made this. Mm. And, and that's they've allowed Gilroy to make this movie because I don't think a lot of studios do. It's great though. It's a great, I mean, it's a great movie. It's not like a, it's not a floppy in any way oh, at no. all. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Just thinking about the different types of art they all get killed by. They're all kind of what, what people like that would consider to be like lowbrow art, aren't yeah. they? Because he criticises the hobo man at the start as being unoriginal. Yeah. There's the, Monkeys working on a guitar, um, on a car thing in the mechanics garage. Yeah. Graffiti. I think what did Don Don get killed by? It just came out of the root, out of the ceiling, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, it, it, it's it's great. I loved the bit with with when Tony Collette was dead and, and she's just telling her over the phone. They just thought it was part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that fucking that that bloody assistant character as well. It's like whoever she starts working for dies. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's the fact that the the, what is it bit where she um, when she discovers it's like she goes she just shouts shit like like it is literally that's it. She's fucking fucking done. Taking my cat and I'm getting out of there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going fucking going back to Michigan. Oh, and you're shot of the cat, that final shot of the cat, and you were like, fucking hell, that cat has seen shit. That cat's seen shit. It does have a haunted look, doesn't it? It does, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it just, it, I don't think there's an awful lot to say about it, because it is kind of fucking straightforward in how it is just a horror film. 
I, I, Malkovich is walking around looking at things in it is a thing of beauty. Him, him playing basketball whilst uh, Don Don is trying to tell him, trying to, try to think of a reason for why he's going to say the painting is amazing and he's just in the background just fucking shooting hoops yeah. and just going like that while he's thinking, will this guy just tell me it's shit? Because <laughs> it's shit. Yeah. The bit with the first Dece um, exhibition as well, it's Dece, isn't it? Virtual Dece. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, when, is it Dan Reich? Yeah. He's sat looking at that painting and, and Malkovich just goes and stands next to him and just casually reaches him. Casually reaches him and falls off a wagon. sober for fucking years and just casually drinks a glass of whiskey. But also, Renee Russo's character just being an absolute fucking badass when that fucking guy tries to come and intimidate her and she just screams at him and get the fuck out. <laughs> the fact that she doesn't back down at anything. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great fucking film and I will definitely be watching this again. Yeah. Well, yeah, times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, definitely not shit. Yeah, d- definitely, definitely not shit. Um, our audience poll is. What did you do? Uh, definitely not shit. Fifty percent. Touching cloth. Twenty-five percent. Shit. Thirteen percent. And geostorm. Twelve percent. There's a spread. Yeah, I, I understand it might be on that one. I think it has divided a few people. I think. It, it seemed to be some people going into it. I think because it was from the people who did Nightcrawler, like people maybe expected more of a psychological aspect to it, and it was it was more supernatural horror rather than psychological horror. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Good. the trailer does make it out to be more thinky than it. Sinister than it is. Yeah, it's not. It, it's it's quite. It's just fucking scary. It's quite jaunty. Yeah, it's a jaunty horror. Okay, so should we do some what we've been watching then? Yes. You guys on it? Yep. I'll let you start. Me? Yeah. Can I do the ones I watched without you? You can do the ones you watched without me. Okay. Um, so while we were away, I watched. I've been wanting to rewatch Lake Mungo for absolutely fucking ages i remember really really enjoying it but then i couldn't really remember what it was about but i remembered i wanted to rewatch it <laughs> um so yeah australian film presented as like a, a documentary style about a um girl that initially goes missing in a dam i think yeah in a, in in like a pool at a dam um, she goes missing and they obviously are looking for a body and then they find it and she's dead and um, her as part of the documentary her, her brother sort of sets up cameras and stuff because there's weird stuff going on around the house captures images that look like she's haunting the house um, the fact that they look so real um, and the fact that the mother never participated in identifying the daughter's body sort of fancies in her mind that she's not actually dead, that she's just she's been misidentified. So they exhume the body um, and um, you know, DNA, DNA identifier and it is actually her but the, the photographs and the weird um, weird things continue and um, Turns out down the line that the um, 
brother had set up the he'd set up the photograph basically he'd overlaid pictures of his sister with pictures of the house to make a composite picture that, that looked like it was her because his mother had never got closure because she never saw the daughter when she was dead um, but then they yeah they there's a psychic it's, it's hard to explain would it be like documentary style do, isn't it, do you think yeah. okay anyway basically they come across some more footage on one of her friend's mobile phones that leads her to Lake Mungo she um, find, they find her cell phone which she said that she'd lost on the trip and it has footage on it of her uh, she's filmed of her meeting a doppelganger that looks like she looked when she was pulled out of the lake and then a few days later she died in the lake um, but yeah and then over the credits it, it shows you the pictures the fake pictures that her brother itself and it initially focuses on the fake images of her that are in there and then it pans across and she's actually like there it's really spooky mm. It's really good. Have you seen it? Yeah, I have, like a number of years ago. I, I I can't say I remember much about it, to be honest. Well, that's it. Like, I, I remember really, really enjoying it, but I couldn't remember what it was about. I didn't even remember that it was like documentary style um, or anything. But I just re- I've, I've wanted to rewatch it pretty much since I watched it, but it was too soon after first watching it, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I've got it on. Uh, on Shudder while we were away and watched that in a in a spooky cabin. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um, the other one that I watched on my own was Old Thomas, which has now come back onto Prime after being removed and not in a streamable place, um, which Isabel was absolutely devastated about because it's one of her favourite films. Um, really weird watching Old Thomas, sort of. Now, because there's that added kind of layer with Anton Yelchin actually being dead. Yeah, I don't want to say it. It sounds really used to. Um, and there's a bit in it where he says, "Like, I'm sorry, your life was so short," and it, it honestly made me choke up a little bit. Um, but as a film itself, I I love Odd Thomas. I I can watch this over and over and over again. It's it's not. It's stylized, but not in a jarring way, but in a way that makes it interesting to watch. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. I think some some stuff like, say, for example, Sucker Punch is super stylized, but it's it's constantly pulling you out of the story with, look how fucking cool we look. Whereas Odd Thomas, is, it's got bits and the dialogue's quippy and it's, you know, fast-paced and stuff like that, but it's not. it never feels out of character. It's really well performed within its world yeah yeah um so yeah anyone that's not seen it full recommend on odd thomas (laughs) i don't think it's one of those films though that i don't i don't understand why more people don't seem to have seen if that makes sense Mm. well it it didn't really seem to get that much of a release um (laughs) it, it just kind of went out there and died on the vine a little bit um but yeah i mean like people who have seen it do seem to be generally positive on it for sure mm. it's based on a series of books well, it's based on one of a series of books yes mm. by dean Koontz. by dean Koontz. the real king of horror he's not the real king of horror but there are quite a few of them so i might have to read them i don't i've never i've held off reading a dean Koontz book for my 
entire 35 years. I don't know that I can start now. It feels disloyal. Literally just because him and um, Stephen King are pitched as being rivals. Yeah. Yes, exactly that. Yeah. I, I can't... I, I can't... I can only read I can one. Only one. I can't read <laughs> both of them. I can't enjoy both these people's books because I must I must be a fan of one and not the other. Yeah. Like, it's not a sports team, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, might have to give those away. Yeah, might have to give those <laughs> Oh, dear. Do you want to do a couple of, Ian, because you said you've got quite a few, do you want to split it up? Or? Yeah, yeah, okay, why not, yeah. So, um, just uh, finished watching, uh, rewatch today, the first time in a number of years, uh, The Silence of the Lambs, um, which is in 4K with Dolby Vision on iTunes, and it's not available physically on 4K, so... It's quite a treat, actually. It looks really fucking good. Um, like, really grainy and lovely. Um, and it just... It's its fucking mental that that film was made without knowing that Anthony Hopkins was going to blow up as much as he did as Lecter. Because, like, the moments are, like, are just fucking iconic. <laughs> Like it, it's weird that that film was made in a vacuum, and was that film? I mean, there's even bits like Jodie Foster having a conversation with him in his cell, and it's him in the like the reflection. Uh, so like the, the, both their faces are on screen, um, but then I don't know, just the the fucking trolling he does with the senator, and he's just like, hey, "Senator, one more thing, love your suit." Uh, you know, it just it's. So, he, he's such a fucking trolly dickhead, but when he kind of unleashes, he really properly does so as well. I mean, the whole fucking sequence where he escapes the um, the, the the kind of the cell he's in and like takes the face off the other guy and whatnot is so fucking grotesque. Um, but it just kind of fits into the vibe of the film. But I, it just. It's this really cracking thriller, and it just I, the the fact that it places that much of importance on Lecter, like it, you know, it's like a good fifteen twenty minute stretch where it is basically him getting out of incarceration, and that has no effect on the rest of the story until the last scene of the film. Yeah. You know, like it's it's such an interesting decision to take, and you know, you look at Manhunter and how Lecter is a proper side character in that, uh, and I mean, he, he, you know, he does have some in, input in in the main thrust of the narrative, but yeah, I, Brian Cox is very good in Manhunter, but then you watch this and it's like you. Now you watch it and it, you you do see the seeds of Anthony Hopkins kind of just like being far more hammy in the later films. Um, and yet here, it, but, but it, it's still this really fucking unsettling. What exactly is he going to do performance? Um, yeah, I, 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 science of the lambs. It's, it's terrific. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'll talk about burning, but I don't want to talk too much about burning. Um, so 
It was a bit annoying, this, actually. It was uh, started at half four yesterday afternoon. I got out of work at 20 past four. And um, Paul, uh, who I was seeing it with, he was already in there. And he, he texted me at 4.35 and said, it's already starting. Oh, was it like a, a band screening? No. Well, it's been out since Friday. So normal, that's fucking mental. Yeah. So I meant to ask him today, actually, if there were like how many ads and trailers there were, but it kind of just seemed like they did the usual Cineworld pre-roll and just went with it. So I did miss a bit of the start, even though kind of reading up on it, I literally just missed, missed like the two characters basically meeting. But so story is you've got, uh, Jong Su, he's this guy who he he's basically he's very 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 withdrawn. He's not mentally disabled, but he just he's very in his own shell, and he barely seems to know how to interact with people. And uh, uh, he uh, meets this girl who recognizes him from their youth, uh, Jaime. Uh, and they kind of strike up a little bit of a friendship and they have sex one day. Um, and she says, I'm going to Africa to help. Can you go to my apartment and look after my cat every now and then? He's like, yeah, all right then. And he goes to the apartment and he's trying to look for the cat and he can see evidence in the kitty kitty litter, but he doesn't know where the cat is. And then he's, uh, and then she, he gets a phone call from her and it's, I, I'm back now. Can you come meet me from the airport? He meets her and there's this other guy with her, Ben, uh, played by Stephen Ewan of the uh, Walking Dead fame, who apparently learned Korean for the role. Fucking hell. Yeah. Which is fucking commitment. Um, and he's this rich guy who doesn't really seem to do anything, but he's rich, he drives a Porsche, and he is utterly unthreatened by Jong Su's presence. Utterly unthreatened by him in a romantic point of view. And so these three characters kind of hang around with each other. And. One day, Ben says to Jong Su, I've got a secret. I set fire to greenhouses. And I'm going to set fire to one near you. And it's going to be soon. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm going to say. So, this film is a two and a half hour study of toxic masculinity but you can read it in one of a few ways. But it all boils down to that. But the various ways that it exists. And it's this fucking jigsaw puzzle of the film, which in jong Su has the most punchable lead performance, but, pro- but purposefully, you may ever see. He is a wet fart of a guy. He... Like it, there's there's a subplot where his dad has been uh, is is been charged with assaulting a police officer, and he does fuck all to help his dad. He starts doing a petition for him. He goes around to like two neighbors and then just gives up. And the girl Jaime, 
he, like there are so many opportunities where he can say this guy i don't know what's up with this guy and i love you and we should be together and he never does it and the, the second half of the film takes this kind of detective kind of turn and by the end you don't really know which way is up it there, there there's a, a few different ways of where it, it could go and i think even repeat viewings won't quite solve that particular mystery for you but it's this like glacially paced thing which never never really tried my patience in all honesty because i was into the story and i think in future watches i don't think it will either because there's just like you're looking for the breadcrumbs of exactly what happened and it's based on a short story and the short story apparently has quite a definitive this is what happened this film does not and i uh, yeah i i i think it's better for it. it it it's a really 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 interesting piece of work but it does require your full concentration and i'm glad i saw it in the cinema first time round cuz i think if i saw it at home i would be very tempted to pause it grab a cup of coffee go for a piss or something and maybe just kind of like click out of it slightly um only made about 35 grand at its opening weekend over here but it only played about 30 places um which is a shame um if anybody does get a chance to catch it in the US i believe it is actually on iTunes now it's very 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 worth your time uh it's a fucking fantastic film and i wish i could talk more fully about it because there'd be some fucking discussions yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to getting into that actually yeah, yeah. It's Korean, it's, so I'm guessing it's two and a half hours long. Oh yeah, it is straight up two and a half hours long. <laughs> it is very two and a half hours long. You wouldn't expect anything else, would you? No, no. Uh, so I'll pass back to you guys. Cool. Um, do you want me to tell you next couple, and then you could do the last one? Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, so... Uh, we also watched uh, in the, the uh, cabin, uh, we watched the 2007 uh, Tom, spelled with two M's, Cocker movie, uh, Catacombs, which. Um, which you forgot Shannon Sussman was in it when you chose it to take Brass Crash Saturday Night Horror. Yeah, because usually, usually <laughs> as people long term this will know, when we go to the cabin, uh, usually we go to uh, CX and buy a lot of movies that, that have one proviso, don't they? has to be the type of movie that would be shown on ITV2. Yes. However, we didn't get time to go to CX, did we? No. So I literally went into the loft and looked in like five or six boxes of DVDs that we've got up there oh. of the thousands that we've got. Yeah, there was there was more of a sort of reasoning behind that in that we kind of went, but we've got all these fucking DVDs upstairs and we never watched them. Maybe yeah. let's use some of those. Yeah, so we, we, we took a few from there, didn't we? One of them was Catacombs, which I did forget I'd shot so much in um, but you've got it had pink in it as well. I did forget that it had Alicia Moore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry. Is um, Charlotte Osman plays a girl with issues, doesn't she? Does she Nervous always? issues. Yeah. Um, pink um, plays uh, her sister, who is living in Paris. Far more free spirited. Uh, who, yeah, who's far more free spirited, and 
invite her to come to Paris. It'll change your life. It'll be amazing. And what is going to change her life is uh, it's a rave in the catacombs below Paris. Literally it. Which doesn't seem like that much of a life changing thing. It seems well, more a little bit. But I, it, it does end up coming. It does turn out to be a life changing thing. Yes. Um, yeah. So, for some, it turns out to be a life ending thing. Well, um, for many. For many. Uh, yeah. It, so, then all kind of shit just goes on the catacombs. And we get to literally just watch Shannon Sosman run around being a dick. But, but really like dick. 80 minutes. Especially for a guy that tries to help her. Yeah, a guy tries to help her and she just fucking murders him. Um, and yeah, she's just, an, it basically does seem like what would happen if you went in the catacombs with Shannon Sussman, that she would literally get into a strop because people aren't being nice to her. Storm off. Storm off. And then just fucking just go raging around, just generally being unpleasant because she's getting her own way. You wouldn't, you wouldn't prank Shannon Sussman after, after watching this, though, would you? Because she clearly... She can't take a joke. She cannot take a fucking joke. No. Whereas pink seems like a hoot. A hoot? Yes. I like the fact that it starts off with, I went to Paris, and 48 hours later, everyone, my sister and everyone that I met was dead. Yeah. Right? And then by the end of it, it's like, oh, because you killed them. Then. Yeah. Because you killed them. Yeah, because you killed them. Because, because, because you you're... can't take a joke. The fact that she gets out of the fucking catacombs while gets straight in a taxi and goes whichever airport. Yeah. You need your fucking passport. You need your passport. Like it, it's post 9-11. You ain't getting on a fucking plane looking like that, not, sweetheart. Not yeah. Not no matter how much a tantrum you have. Yes. What else did we watch back? You can do this. <laughs> so we watched the- <laughs> Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows or Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2 depending Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2 okay um, the, the sequel to the um, fantastic Blair Witch project which was pretty fantastic when it first came out but the shine quite quickly wore off um, yeah it's an old one is Book of Shadows are you buffing your cat to the cat. Yeah. I fucking love Book of Shadows. I fucking love Book of Shadows. It's 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 a really good fun film. Like it's not trying to emulate the style of the first one really. Like there's a little bit of like cameras being carried around and stuff like that, but it very quickly just it, it, it literally just goes This is boring. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> um it's it's pretty spooky. Um it's some really fucking good bits in it. I I really like it. I, I, I like it, what you try to say to you about it next, a Book of Shadows is, is a type of movie where you're either on board with it or you <laughs> think it's fucking stupid. Yeah. And the people who are on board with it are on board with it because they know it's fucking stupid. But it, it it's so fucking watchable. <laughs> it's so... It, it, it's so... Throws so much at the fucking screen and hoping those sticks. Yeah. I do, I do like the fact that it kind of plays with plays with the the theory of like the mass hysteria thing, though, yeah. and backed up by the videos at the end, where you know, is it that the witch has altered them, or is it that it was all mass hysteria? Yeah, I, I like the fact that the Book of Shadows. People will say it's a movie that tries to do something and fails. Like, no, no, it doesn't. doesn't it does exactly what it wants to do. It just isn't what people wanted from a Blair Witch sequel. No. No, but then you look at that. We've watched Blair Witch 
I would say I've watched Blair Witch once in the cinema, mm. maybe once on VHS, mm. or Blue or DVD. I can't remember which one I got it on. Probably DVD, actually. Yeah. DVD, and maybe once since then. Yeah. That's it. Three We've times. watched Book of Shadows a load of fucking time. Yeah. I like the fact that it's a 2D special edition. Well. <laughs> I like the fact that now this movie would have been straight to VOD and just everyone would have just slagged it off about how shit it was. It got a DVD two fucking disc <laughs> special. And I am going to watch those fucking features because they sound great. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. It's a, it's a fun horror movie. Yeah. I, 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 I really enjoy it. Every time I watch it, I think, this is great. This is mental. This is what this is what a movie, a horror movie made in the year two thousand, should look like. I, I, I don't think it hurts either. There's a hot redhead bumping naked on a pole. Well, that that's always great. It's always a good sign. That's, that always, that's always like a, a good thing for you. It is. That would be that would be a, a tick in the fluff. I'm not. I'm gonna lie. I'd have half a star. <laughs> so yeah, um, I think I did give it like fucking four stars and better box as well. <laughs> Which you know I get? You know I get five stars on Letterboxd. Second. Uh. Do you know I get five stars on Letterboxd? <laughs> Got you to it. I get I get hot tub time machine five stars yeah. on Letterboxd. Of course you do. Of course I do. Because I watched it in a hot tub and I fucking enjoyed the shit out of it. I'm not talking about it that much because I talk about a lot of this podcast. <laughs> um, but seriously. I don't think there's a film that my love for it grows the more I watch it more than Hot Tub Time Machine. Fucking weird. <laughs> you know, like it. It's a really good movie. It, yeah, no, I mean, I like I, I like Hot Tub Time Machine. I just it, it's Hot Tub Time Machine. And I've got a question there for you, though, Ian. Have you ever watched it in, in a hot tub? tub? No, I haven't. I it haven't. does add to the experience. I'm not gonna lie. I, yeah, I, I, I just flat out adore this movie. I still laugh at all the bits that, that I laughed at when I first watched it. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's almost the perfect comedy for me. I'm not, I'm not saying it's the perfect comedy. I'd like to add that in there. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's the perfect comedy for me. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it's the sort of film where you could look at and and when you're watching it, you would go, you'd go, oh, I'm the, I'm the John Cusack character in that. Or I'm the uh, Craig Robinson's character in that. Whereas I can look at it and go, I'm the Cordry. Yeah, I'm the Cordry in that. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. <laughs> Whereas I get the final book would go, really? Like, yep, totally fucking fine with that. <laughs> How many times have you seen Hot Tub Time Machine now, Mark? It must be about 20. Fucking hell. It's many, many, isn't it? It yeah. must be. Yeah, I would say it's 20 plus. I think I've got about 23 in my head for some reason. It's one of the films as well, where, like, you know, when you pick up phrases from films, like, there's just more shit I've got to do today. From, yeah. From this, this, you're weird today, is in our general day today. Yeah, yeah, it is. Not weird today. Yeah, that, 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 that does cook a lot. Yeah. It's fucking great. It's, so it's great buffalo. <laughs> I'm yeah. just muting my mic while I wee. I'm just yeah. going to warn you this time. Well, I would say it, it, it is... I don't think there's another person on the planet that adores Hot Tub Time Machine more than me, and I'm happy with that. Yeah? Yeah. 
so funny. And what's his name? What's he called? I don't know. There's many people. The the the, the girl, the young girl. Oh, you. <laughs> Still, Chevy Chase constantly calling him a preferred was a woman. What's the character's name then? Um. I think Jonah, but I know that's wrong. Jacob. Jacob, that's it. When he when he's making fun of of Blue for getting the shoe beaten off him. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the fact that, that, that you every time we watch this, you forget that Sebastian Sam plays the, the douchebag in it. No, I've forgotten again. Yeah. You just reminded me again. <laughs> every time it's a certain point, I just go, see, this is why he's not bucket of me. He's the douchebag from Hot Tub Time Machine. Blame. Yeah. <laughs> and you just go, what is shit? Yeah. It's fucking bad. Yeah. Five out of five. Five out of five all the way. Yeah. Any more? What? Is there any more? No, that's it. Is that it? Yeah. Are you still peeing? I think he might still be peeing. So I'm about no, 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 I'm no. listening. Uh, it might just be sure, girl, that, that would have been a very, very long pee. Um, shoo. 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 Um, well, I rewatched uh, Star is Born, which is oh. a Star is Born. We don't need to. No, we don't. Uh, no. Uh, Did you cry? No, but Donna was very... I did not expect it to go that way. Uh, Before? No, I'm guessing. No, nah, she, nah, she hadn't. No, no. So, yeah, it was a surprise. Um, I watched Star Wars because I wanted Lottie to watch it and she got 25 minutes in, got bored, wanted to go on her iPad, so I just plugged her headphones in, gave her the iPad, and I watched the rest of Star Wars. <laughs> Um, so, well, proper Star Wars original flavour. Yeah, like A New Hope, yeah. Thanks. Uh, I can't so, get anyone to sit down and watch them. I, it was just, I, I, like, she was kind of, like, she was kind of into it, actually, but then just something else, she was just like, I just want to go on YouTube on my iPad. And it was like, right, fine, here's your fucking headphones then. Um, so, parent win. Um, uh, children of Men, uh, which is fucking just still like probably more relevant than it was at the time which is yeah. fucking really upsetting um but it's very very powerful it's Quaron's best film that like, it is yeah he's not made a better one um, was it children of men? sorry children yeah. of men yeah, yeah question. I'd like to rewatch that it's... I know I didn't like it then like the fucking the the technical fucking prowess of that fucking film though is unquestioned like it's staggering um and uh jeremy saulnier's murder party yeah, uh, we've covered all this a few yeah, times haven't we yeah i want to watch that it's in it's in my list on amazon yeah um it's uh it's fucking like yeah no fair play so i mean like he, he made it in 2007 um and yeah it's very very low budget uh very bizarrely funny um it's basically this fucking just weird loner guy is walking along a street and sees an invitation it's basically halloween party here's the address come alone he gets there and very quickly it turns out it's basically these art students trying to make an art project of killing a guy so they can get a grant. <laughs> right. Um, and it kind of just goes on from there. Um, it's 79 minutes long. It's funny. 
it's gory as fucking shit in moments. Um, got a 15, which is impressive. Um, and it, it, it's not like Saulnier's other films. I mean, like the other films are, are not comedies. They, they have like dark, dark comedy moments to them. This film is actually actively trying to make you laugh at points. Um, and it, it, it is a little bit, look how many films I can reference. Like it, it's like a Halloween thing. So one of them's dressed like Pris from Blade Runner. One of them's dressed like one of the baseball furies from the warriors. Um, it, 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 it it's a bit like that, but it, it's fun. You know, it, it, it's not amazing, but it's fun. Um, so yeah, murder party. It's on Netflix in the UK worth a go. Um, and that I believe is it for me as well. Oh, uh, so yes. Um, let's do some Twitter questions. What have we got? I, 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 actually, you asked a Twitter question, didn't you, Mark? I did indeed ask a Twitter question. I just thought I, it, the, the idea just kind of came in my head, and I thought, you know what, I'll give it a go. We seem to have quite a good uh, response out of this. So I, I, what I'm going to do is just basically do one for every show. Um, so the question I asked was: question for you guys. What film are you do a rewatch of? We don't want you to think hard. Just the first film that comes into your head. So I didn't want it to be people going. Ooh, what do I think I'd really like to rewatch? It literally, I just wanted people to put the first fucking thing that came into their fucking head, and it's because um, I, I fancied a rewatch of something, and I can't even remember what fucking film it is now. Um, it's gonna come me in a second. Sorry, I'm cleaning my glasses at the same time as I'm talking, so I can't really see properly. Um, it'll come to me what, what film it was. See, that's that's it. it kept my head it's gone out already. Um, <laughs> so Craig at uh, Craig Dawson um, says, uh, "Usual suspects." And no, the Spacey Singer shit isn't stopping me, um, you know, with it being a fictional film and everything. Uh, yeah. Usual Suspects is a great film. Usual Suspects is a great film, yes. Uh, Ethan M. Barr at Ethan Barr 2. Uh, Black Panther and E.T. Uh, Corey Hall uh, at Sub-03K. Uh, the Thing. It's been at least two months since I watched it. <laughs> Too long. Uh, Rick Kidd at Rick J. Kidd. The Good, the Bad and the Ugly. Um, Jordan McGrath uh, at Jordan McGrath. Uh, Do the Right Thing. Uh, Ian Dickey, uh, Dickie Ian. Let the Right One In. Been, re- been meaning to rewatch for a while. Uh, Bradley Porter, um, The Exorcist. Uh, so Becky, yours. Based on what we've just been talking about, Children of Men. Ian. Oh, and 12 Monkeys. Ah. First one comes in your head, don't think about it. Uh, Shutter Island. Ah, nice. Fucking love Shutter Island. Well, I can't remember, man. I have watched that <laughs> so many fucking times. Well, the first thing that comes into your head now. Hot to Time Machine 2. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> yeah. sake. We could do that. We could do that, yeah. Just because I've just been talking about it, so that's, that's why that came in my head. But I, I will think about what movie it was that that I was really thinking, yeah, that made me go, ooh, ooh. Oh, I'm watching, watching that at some point soon. Was it not First Blood? No. Oh, you... it's pretty much always First Blood. No, because I'll only watch First Blood on a Friday or a Saturday night after 11 o'clock, remember? Yeah, it's Friday tomorrow. Yeah, no, but I'm not off on Saturday. Oh. It's Saturday uh, after. I have to be off the next day, don't I? Mm. Um, right, question. What question? <laughs> right, there we go. Uh, uh, John at uh, AFC. Uh, which musician would you like to see a biopic of, and who would play him or her? 
Tom Waits, <laughs> played by Tom Hardy. Tom Waits, played by Tom Hardy. Yeah. I that'd be good. I'd like that. Just because I think I think Tom Hardy would go a little bit too far with it. Yeah. Yeah. Go a little bit too far. A little bit like when um, Gary Busey played Buddy Holly and literally thought he was Buddy Holly for a while. <laughs> uh, David Bowie played by David Spade. <laughs> Do you know what? As a little a little side note, while Becky thinks first, come just you let you still think and check, right? I don't think there should be a Bowie biopic, but there is going to be one, and I think it is the the, the guy from the Cineworld thing playing it here. The guy from what? The Cineworld advert thing. Oh, Johnny Flynn, yeah, fucking tasty debrief. Tasty debrief, that's it. Do you know what I am getting a little bit fucking sick of, though? Go on. Everybody saying that, well, it should be called The Man Who Felt Earth, or Starman, and it should be Tilda Swinton, shouldn't it? Good lord, no. No, it shouldn't. And I get where you're coming from for the reasons for why you're saying it, but no, no, not everything is Tilda Swinton. <laughs> I. Sorry, what I was looking for was to see who played him in Taxi Girl. Um, um, I'd, lo- I'd love to see a proper film by office. Patrick goes Hayden Christensen on it. Yeah, but he's not credited as Bob Dylan, is he? No, he's not credited as Bob Dylan. He's a musician. Yeah, a musician. Um, I don't know who I want to play him. I don't know who to play him. Tom Hardy. You've heard of Tom Hardy. Never, don't think Tom Hardy could do it. Um, got someone dead good. But yeah, Bob Dylan. Ooh. Uh, da, da, da. Question. Uh, Rick Kidd at Rick J. Kidd. Uh, was there actor slash actress that you used to love but change your mind after their performance in a particular film who was it and what was the film now look at you on this one Becky because there's a fucking list isn't there <laughs> mine is Liz McCarthy and The Heat I didn't like I was Liz McCarthy comedically and then I watched The Heat thinking I, I watched it because I liked Sandra Bullock but thought I would probably hate it because of Melissa McCarthy and then thought do you know what no it's brilliant, and I have been totally wrong about Melissa McCarthy. She is a treasure. Okay. Oh, um, I don't know what would have been. Why? It definitely wasn't fucking Tropic Thunder. So who, 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 who you mean with that? Obviously, Tom Cruise. I used to have a burning fucking deep hatred. This could be a lot of things. I made you watch a lot of Tom Cruise films. Either Ghost Protocol or Jack Reacher. I think it might have been. I think it might have been a trailer for Jack Reacher, where he has to be in disguise and he puts, and a, he hat puts a hat on. Yeah, just led back in. Just, to, just yeah, I'm, I'm still Tom Cruise, but I'm just wearing a hat. Yeah. Ah, no, a completely different person. Fucking love that. Yeah. And yeah, he used to fucking despise Tom Cruise. Yeah, and then he came around. And Matt Damon. Yeah, you, yeah, you didn't like Matt Damon, did I you? Didn't, did I didn't. Yeah. Ian, what's yours? So. Reese Witherspoon in Wild. Yeah, I thought I had a feeling that's what you're going to go for. But you still don't like her. No, but I liked her in that film. Yep. <laughs> you know, so, you know, back off. <laughs> Try to think what Matt Damon film it would have been. I don't know, Matt. I don't think I've ever. It could have been Martian. 
combat recently. Right, right. Um, it might have been because you voiced a Gator character on you. It could be, yeah. That would, that would have done it. Jordan McGrath. Um, Bruce director, who is considered one of the greats, you've never seen a film of. I'll be honest, I don't, I kind of don't fit in terms of the greats. I don't think there is one. Yeah, that, that I've been struggling a little bit with this because there's somewhere I haven't seen enough of. Mm. I'd like to see more Hitchcock. That's my fault. Yeah, because you don't like it. No, I, yeah, I don't. No, I don't. I appreciate him, I just don't get on with his film. Mm. There's going to be one that, that's glaring that, I, that I'm missing. I don't know. Oh, do you remember anyone who that's for a foul? Sorry, I'm just looking at a list of great directors. Well, that's what I'm going to quit look on now. <laughs> uh... Have I ever seen an Agnes Varda film? Oh, well, yeah, all right, that's a good shout. <laughs> have I ever seen an Agnes Varda film? I don't think I have, you know. Oh, I think I have. Oh, wait, no, I haven't seen Vagabond. So, yeah, uh, da da da. Yeah, no, sadly, we're not wanting to sound like a prick, but I don't think that is one of the perceived greats that I've not seen some of. But, of people I would like to see more of. I've uh, seen an Altman movie. You are. Yeah. You fucking have. You fucking have. I haven't. You are. I haven't. I guarantee you are. I've watched one with you. I haven't. Well, that's fine. You forget that Sebastian stands in what is all the time. Off that fucking mask. Told you, you had. Um, I'd like to watch more Oldman, to be honest. Um, I'd like to re watch quite a lot more Oldman. Um, you know, so I'd like to re watch more. I'd like, to get, I'd like to get back into Chaplin. There's still a lot of Kurosawa I haven't seen. Um, Billy Wilder. I haven't seen enough Billy Wilder, I don't think. Um, yeah, so that was, I, I, I would answer that one. Very good. It's your fault. This is your fault for, like, making me watch eclectic shit. Uh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. Cool. That's it. That's, that's it. Okie dokie. Okay, so... Next week... Got a bit of a treat. So we're doing Elite a Battle Angel. Oh, we do that's right. Oh, yeah. And we're doing High Flying Bird. Yeah. <clears throat> We've got Noel joining us. We do have Noel joining us. We've also got Jordan McGrath joining us. We do have Jordan joining us, yeah. Bloody <laughs> hell. So it's going to be very weird. I don't remember the last time I podcasted with Jordan. It might have been the last episode of 35mm Heroes. Uh, he's been on here twice. Has he? Yeah, he came on for the first Sicario. And he came on for something else. 
He's been on twice. I know he's been on twice, yeah, and he came on with us for something else. Sicario. <laughs> Restrepo. Restrepo. <laughs> Fucking hell. I can't see I can't see or hear the word Restrepo without hearing that. Restrepo. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, so, yeah, no, good. Right now, um, right now John, is sat there going, sat there, driving along, going, fucking pricks. <laughs> yeah, probably, but probably smiling. Um, yeah. So, yes, that was episode 290. Join us next week for episode 291. On the Patreon feed, you have the Untitled Jones Loring Project episode one live now. Um, episode two will be up early next week. What's it about? Fuck you. Pay us and listen. <laughs> um, that to be fair, it's probably not going to be that surprising when you do listen. Um, and that will be it. Thank you, Becky, for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Mark, for your time. Thank you, watching for your time. Fuck you all. <laughs> want you for your money it's not because i think you're funny these dollar bills they keep me coming i like the way you say you love me but i only want you for your money (laughs) 